Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellas Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing A Bad Mom's Christmas, as well as discussing Thor Ragnarok in depth, and recapping the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You know, all over the place. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it, it's not the best movie that we're going to be talking about today, but then we get to talk about Thor Ragnarok, so it all kind of balances itself out, you know? Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it's going to be an exciting episode, man. Very, also, very, very, uh, also uh, a very destructive episode for the... <laughs> For a Bad Mom's Christmas. That is true. Uh, but before we actually talk about Bad Mom's Christmas, I did kind of want to mention a lot of stuff that's going on in the movie news world right now. because, And especially in relation to Disney. If you don't know, Disney has been in the news basically all week. And it's for various reasons. First of all, and this is, in my opinion, it's the biggest one. And it's kind of like, man, I don't. I think people are overreacting to this in one sense, but at the same time, the hypothetical and the possibility is, like, that would shake up a lot of things, and I, for one, am completely against it if it does happen, and that is, we, there were reports out of, where was it? I can't remember what the news outlet was, but there's been reports that Disney is in talk with 20th Century Fox or 20, 21st Century Fox. Wait, why were you like? Why are you against it? Well, I'll talk about it. But they're in t- talks with 21st Century Fox, like Fox's film division, not like Fox TV or Fox News or Fox everything else. Fox. It's just film. That's what they're talking about, and they're talking about purchasing assets from Fox. And I, this number one, that what. In the, in the report, it says that they were talking, they're not currently talking, but the, it's possible that they could start talks again. And I think it's telling that Fox is even at all interested in um, selling off their properties. I, I, don't, I don't understand that Fox is doing pretty well as a company, especially in the last couple of years, and they've got some pretty big properties, um, be it the X-Men and be it the planet of the apes franchise and all they've got tons of franchises. So I don't necessarily understand it from that angle, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think that this is going to happen. Number one, because I don't see Fox giving away that many of their profitable <laughs> properties. And number two, honestly, I don't see it happening. Even if the sale does happen between the two parties, I don't see, I could totally see the courts blocking this because they're, Disney would be getting too close to Monopoly. Like, honestly, you look at it, I, I think I saw a number that, that it was like 75, if, if Disney bought Fox, it would, they, Disney would own 75% of the movie business. That's absurd. 
<laughs> that is absolutely absurd. There's no way that should be allowed to happen. There would be a monopoly. That's that's ridiculous. So on that sense, I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't think it's a good thing to happen. And then also, like, I know everyone's like, oh, X-Men can be in the Fox universe, and that's like the, for a lot of people in our circles, that's a lot of, that's what people are excited about for this potential deal, right? I don't think that's a good thing. I think X-Men need to be in their own universe. It's too convoluted if you add the idea of mutants into the MCU. Uh, what's what's separating think, uh, what's separating mutants from from other people with powers? It's too convoluted. And also, you don't get move if Marvel goes in the direction or if if uh, if the X-Men properties go into the MCU. Right. If that was the thing that would happen, that's you don't get movies like Logan. You don't you definitely don't get movies like Deadpool. You don't get mo movies like the new Mutants movie that's coming out. That's definitely not going to happen. It's just I, I don't think it's good on that aspect as well. I don't want Disney running everything. I'm sorry. I don't think that's a good thing. As good as Disney does with what they do, you know. What do you think? What would you think if this deal, like we said, it's not necessarily like it's I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did, what would you think? I mean, Disney's going to have to really adjust its scales if it does bring in these properties, because these I mean, yeah, you got you're right. I mean, to a sense, you're right to a degree. You know, you're not you're probably not going to get a movie like Deadpool. You're probably not going to get a movie like Logan. But Disney's going to have to really adjust their. Like if they truly want the X Men in the in the universe, they're gonna have to adjust their their bar a little bit. Mm -hmm. Go and say and be ballsy and say, okay, we're gonna go rated R. Uh, they're just gonna have to do that because you have these characters that are extremely explicit, extremely vulgar, and you know their characters are you know revolve around people dying. They're gonna have to go that route. Um, Disney doesn't have to do that. Anything. Being said. <laughs> I feel like they do. I mean, you're not going to get as much money. They're not going to really be profiting if they don't if with, with certain characters. And then they just won't. Say, then they just won't um, make movies not with get those that much potential. Yeah. I don't know. I I just I don't but see anyway, making but I do risk. think I do, I do think it could be. I do think it could be a pretty good, uh, a pretty cool. Um, I, I think it'd be a pretty cool aspect to see the mutants interact with different characters in the MCU. Like I would love to see a conversation with with uh Reed Richards having a conversation with Tony Stark and Spider Man and all these different characters that are very intelligent. Um you know, we don't get some of the interactions that we would norm that we that we would see in a comic and a movie. We're just not getting that. And I feel like that's what people want. And I feel like it could be good. So I, I feel like there's there's a lot of pluses but there's also some really, you know there's also some negative feedback if you're if it, if it definitely doesn't i'm i'm mostly for it honestly mm -hmm. but that's just me yeah i don't think it can get too convoluted because they already they already basically kind of introduced mutants but they called them miracles or something like that with uh with the twins so to an extent but yeah it's uh, to me the problem is though you have like what's the point of the sokovia accords then uh, you know because it's not we have the Sokovia Accords, and that's for just people 
with powers, right? But then mutants are supposed to be their own separate thing. There is a distinction. So it's either you make it all like group them all together, then you're gonna piss off comic book fans. Which... Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Disney's gonna handle that though. I mean, Disney has changed up storylines. Disney has done different things with certain characters, and a lot of people have been have started up being like, "Oh my gosh, it's so stupid." But then you know, Disney when they saw them, they were like, "Okay, it's actually pretty cool." You know, like Civil War. It's a very different story. Yeah. But it's still one of Marvel is still one of Disney's best Marvel films. Mm-hmm. You know, like for instance, the Spider Man movie that just came out. Yeah. It's widely considered, if not the best Spider Man movie ever. You know? Yeah. So and that's an origin story. Ragnarok. Ragnarok was completely different in the comics. But they put they kind of put two stories together. And they made it hilarious. And Ragnarok is one of our favorite. Oh, it's one of my. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm still. I'm still debating if this is my my favorite MCU movie. Mm-hmm. I, you know I, what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean, I think they can. I think they can work. I think they can work it through. I think they can change a few things here and there to make it, you know, accurate and and make it, you know, involved. Um, I feel like the MCU is coming to an end soon. I so, disagree. I yeah. But. I I think so. I mean, you're you're getting rid of like some heavy hitters, but I mean, I don't know. Who knows? But I mean, I think they. I mean, hey, if they randomly fit Spider-Man in there, I feel like they can fit uh just another big group in there. That's just me though. I don't know. I completely disagree. I really just have fundamental like I have a fundamental belief that the X-Men you, have, you need you, to you do you need just, to be separate. You just you just don't like. You just don't like the the idea of mutants in general, though. No, I love the so idea of mutants. Already... No, no, that's incorrect. I love the idea of mutants. The problem is that you have because mutants and b- being a mutant is long been an analogy when it comes to the com. It's it's supposed to be an analogy originally for racial issues and then for. I guess gender issues and kind of homosexual issues, things like that, that it's always been an analogy for those things. And to bring that in, you're either taking away from that aspect of it, taking away from that analogy, or you're, or you're just kind of watering it down. And I just, because again, if you make it, it, cause with the X-Men, the storylines are all the, they're all really similar and they all, have the same idea and concept. It is that uh, humans are afraid of mutants and it's how mutants react to that. Do they try to uh, give give them a positive image of mutants like the X-Men do and kind of try to get them to be accepting of that? Or do you do what the Brotherhood does and kind of say, all right, there's going to be a war with mutants and humans and just accept that? So that it's always those same ideas, right? And if you bring that into the MCU, then you have to do kind of those, you have to have those kind of ideas in, in relation to mutants. You, you just do. This is one of those cases where this is a core concept of those storylines and those characters. So you have to do it or else you're not even doing those storylines at all. And I feel like, I feel like Disney would do it justice, man. But if you do that, then you also have these situations of, okay, so people are against mutants. So now, if that's the case, why are they not against people like Captain America, who has powers? Or why are they not? And I know they are against him right now, but it's for different reasons. Or why are they not against people like Thor, 
who has powers. You know, they're not mutants, but they have powers. And now you have this issue, and that's always been an issue for me in the comics, where you read these things and it's like, okay, just because they're mutant, they have powers, or ultimately it's the same thing, but they're not mutants, so it's not an issue. And it's like, it's, to me, there's, it's, it's silly in the comics, and it's, would be silly on the screen. So I, I think just in general, mutants work better as their own thing. That's, that's my issue, but let us know what you guys think, because obviously Ozzy and I just disagree on this, so let us know what you guys think. Uh, look, man, I have faith in Disney that they can handle it. I mean, Disney's been able to basically pretty much handle everything that's been thrown at them. I remember when Disney bought Star Wars, everybody was going to be, everybody was pissed, everybody was livid, and now what are they doing? They're making Star Wars movies, and... A lot of people love these new movies. Look, I don't handle so that they. Pretty sure that they can. Yeah, I I don't disagree I'm that, sure they, that they can handle it. I don't disagree that they can handle. Like if they were just given the X Men, and but then they said X Men's going to be its own thing, the MCU is going to be its own thing. I would be completely fine with that. It's the two. It's the two things mingling together that I just don't think fundamentally work. But anyway. Anyway, <laughs> ultimately, we're probably wasting our breath on this because <laughs> I don't think this is going to happen. But let us know what you think if this did it's happen. Not gonna, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen because I remember we thought Spider we would never see the Spider Spider Man in the in the in the MCU. I remember that was always like a dream of ours. But yeah, but then Sony was like, decided, it's not going to happen. <laughs> then and then Sony was just like, Sony was like, you know what? We need your help. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, you know, but, now we have Spider-Man. But so, that's the confusing like, part. Hey, Fox maybe, doesn't you know. need Disney's help. Fox is doing extremely well right now. That's why I don't get it. Uh, that That's why I don't think it's going to ultimately happen. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, yeah. We'll talk again, about it. We'll talk let us know what you guys think. But we'll, we'll a, the we'll other Disney storyline, I, I, I think this was a little overblown, but I do kind of want to mention it. It's basically the LA Times printed a story about... Disney and how they treat and interact with the their base city in Anaheim, California, which is where Disneyland is, if you don't know. And they printed a story saying that they bully the city and they do all these dirty things and business and all this different stuff, right? And then Disney comes out and says that the story is wildly inaccurate and they did not use proper journalistic ethics or whatever. And they said that if this is how the LA Times is going to be run, then they will not do business with the LA Times. They won't let critics go and see their movies. Now, if, or they won't let LA Times critics go and see their movies. Now, critics in general, like all over the country, freaked out at this and said, you can't just this, you, you can't just ban LA Times critics from reviewing your movies just because you don't like a story they printed. So, then Disney, after all of this backlash, like it was a lot of backlash, comes back and says, we talked to the LA Times, we worked it out, and they're not banned anymore. So this was a whole big thing. People were freaking out, angry at Disney about this. And I get why people are angry at Disney, especially in the political and social climate that we're in, where there's certain other people in positions of power who are not allowing certain news outlets to... Um, be involved. If you know what I'm talking about, good for you. I'm not going to go any further than that. Uh, and I get why people are mad about that. But at the same time, I do want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here 
what if Disney is right and the LA Times did not properly fact check everything and just put out this story and it wasn't accurate? Then I think the story is completely flipped on its head and Disney was trying to get them to be honest about what they were reporting. So I don't know. I, I, I just don't know if we have enough here to be mad at either side and, but I, again, I understand why people are mad at Disney about this, again, in the political climate that we're in. But I, one thing I do want to talk about in relation to this story is that there is a chance that this hurts Disney movies when it comes to, like, award season. Because there were tons of critics. Now, it could have changed now that Disney has gone back and said they're not banning the LA Times. But there were critics, I saw it all over Twitter, saying... That they're not going to vote for a single Disney movie when it comes to award season. So that is something to keep in mind. If that mindset continues, then we could have a little bit of a shakeup when it comes to Oscars and things like that. So that's just, that's the biggest reason I wanted to talk about it. But do you have any thoughts on this topic, Ozzy? I mean, not really. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, like it's 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 he said she said at this exactly. point, and yeah. I don't know what the heck to believe. And I think it's really dumb of you to not vote for, because I mean, look, I mean, I understand that you're dealing with us, like you know, you're dealing with the like the major company of Disney. But to me, it's just stupid to not vote for a project of Disney and the for the Oscars. Like, what if there's somebody who really worked hard yeah. to bring this film out? And it has, you know, they brought their create, their creative, um, mm-hmm. their artistic creativity in there, and it's just not going to be voted just because it's a Disney film. Like, no, I feel yeah, like this, that person should still be voted for. I feel like that person should still have the opportunity to get an award for what he or she thought was, you know, going to be amazing. And I just, for me, that's just stupid. That's absolutely ridiculous from uh, from that standpoint. Um. You know, you're talking about you're talking about not voting for movies like Moana, um, Zootopia, and stuff like that. I mean, and those are just animation films of last year that I'm bringing up. Yeah. I mean, those were those were amazing movies in my opinion. So Mm -hmm. the fact that you're you're gonna do that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Hopefully, Disney going back on their uh, ban or whatever you want to call it, it it fixes the issue because I completely agree. It's like it's not fair to the people who are working on these things like just because their company or whatever the company who financed it you know it's just stupid whatever moving on we're gonna start talking about another stupid thing and that is bad mom's christmas um ozzy what were your overall thoughts on this movie look man i've I've seen a lot of bad movies okay and you know i heard from my friend amy and and her friends you know oh my gosh ozzy this movie's so so freaking funny man like you have to go see this movie like you have to oh gosh like i don't care like, you have to go see this movie and i was like i was like you know what i have to see it you know it was like you know i have to see it i have to see it regardless mm-hmm. um you know i was expecting i me myself you know the last one that i saw i personally enjoyed it i know what we went to go see it with your mom i think it was yeah. and uh her and i were just having a blast watching it last time and um you know so it was it was a fun time but this one, I went last night after I just got done binging This Is Us. I, you know, I'm caught up. Mm-hmm. And, man, I I almost walked out of the theater multiple times. 
multiple times. This movie is garbage. <laughs> complete trash. It's just like they literally got bored and they're just like, let's do the exact same thing we did in the last one, but more. And it was bad. Really freaking bad. Uh, I, I, yeah. the mothers did not add anything to the story whatsoever. I think there was one mother I was actually invested in. Maybe she wasn't even in it that much. <laughs> uh, and even she yeah. wasn't even realistic. <laughs> yeah. And that's the biggest problem here. And it's a very similar problem I had with the last movie, but it's, worse um now i do want to say i went back and listened to our reviews for our reviews for the first movie for bad a bad mom or bad moms right and it's i i think we both were on the same page that it was a good solid comedy it's fine um you were a little higher on it than i was overall i mean you gave it a lower score but you were you i i definitely think you were were, overall higher on it we were we were struggling. I mean, at least I know I was at the time. I was struggling with the rating system. Yeah. But Carlson and I sat down. I still, I think I saw the picture. We sat down. We're just like, okay, this is what a 10 means. This is what a 9 yeah. means. What an 8 means. And I think that was the movie that actually sparked that conversation. It was. It yeah. was. Because you were just like, it doesn't make any sense, Oz. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. So we, <laughs> so we actually sat down. We actually yeah. Had like, we, as soon as, I think as soon as that episode was done, we actually sat down. We had like a... We had like a rating conversation, yeah. and we we wrote it on a sheet of paper. Exactly, that's like our notes. Yeah, so it was it was nice. Now we so now I know. Yeah, so I think I would have given it like like a seven point five. Yeah, exactly. Rather go. Yeah. So that we liked the first one, and I had I had a lot of issues with the characters and things like that, but you know overall it was it was consistent it was pretty consistently funny especially in the middle section right well this movie is not consistent at all it is not funny (laughs) and 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 there's moments here and there but overall it's just there's lots of long periods in this movie where you're just like not laughing and that's not good so but let's start positive and i guess the first thing you can say is that there are some moments here and there and you might disagree based on your opening <laughs> statement but i actually thought there were some decent moments here and there uh i think the chemistry between the original trio the the three moms themselves is still there and it's still solid and you actually feel them working together as a group um i actually not did really i i i i, 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 I thought so let me, let me, let me... Let me, let me stop. Just, okay. Just, just go. Just go. <laughs> See, I actually thought that, that you could still feel their chemistry as a group. They're not, you know, again, they don't have as many opportunities in the script because I just don't think that the movie, the jokes were not well paced at all. And I don't think that it was very funny. But overall, I think they still had good chemistry together. And I actually liked those core three characters a little more than I did in the first movie. I thought they were a little more balanced and not as ridiculous in this one. And in the first one, Mila Kunis was my favorite. This one, Kristen Bell is probably my favorite. I thought she made me laugh the most. Um, now that wasn't a very high bar again, because like I said, it's not very consistently funny, but I thought Kristen Bell did a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically all I have. It's just that core group is fine. They do their job and I enjoyed watching them together 
but it's everything else around them that fails. But Ozzy, what do you got in, in terms of positives? I giggled a few times. <laughs> um, Same. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, Kristen Bar- Baranski looks like Cheryl Hines a little bit. I thought they were sisters. <laughs> They're not. Um, you literally could have switched them out, and they you could have literally just reversed the the roles, and they would be fine, perfectly fine. Oh my God. Um, you would just notice that one's taller than the other, but that's perfectly fine. The um, dude, I, I really did not like this movie. Okay, I'm just gonna be quiet. I don't know. I really did not <laughs> All like right, so I mean, then you take um, it off. I mean, look, in negative. I mean, look, I mean, look, I mean, look. I, I'll give it to you. I mean, I'll give you. I'll give you that. Yes, you know, the three moms, the three original okay. moms, had chemistry for what little times, for what little, you know, shared screen they had. They had chemistry, which is nice. You know, it was nice to see them do that. But, you know. You gotta try a little harder to make me laugh, cause I mean, there was this only like I think there was one scene where I genuinely probably laughed, and I was, that was it. There was nothing. There's nothing else, and it was just a lot of stupidity, and it was a lot of unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. Like, for instance, Mila Kunis's mom, Ugh. who is played by Kristen Baranski, like she. I'm just like, why? why are you apologizing like your mom's being a complete douche and yeah. she's being completely realistic like it's just unsurreal look there's been t- look i will apologize to my mother you know if it makes sense and her and i will sit down and we'll talk about like what happens and like you know she says something if i say something legitimate she'll be like okay i'm sorry if i say something legitimate like if she says something legit legitimate to me i'll say like i'm sorry you know this is how the relationship works my mom's not over the top, well, for the most part, in some things, you know, <laughs> she's not over the top, but she's not, she's, my, but my, at the end of the day, my mother's realistic, and if I put my, if I were to put a woman to play my mother's character on screen, I'm pretty sure that there's other people that would relate to my situation. I did not relate to her situation whatsoever. I found her character completely bland, yeah. unrealistic. I did not care when I found out why she was the way she is. I was just like, so you're going to just treat your daughter the exact same way like your mother tra- treated you? That's really dumb. Yeah. I, I thought you would learn from your lesson, but it was really dumb. Um, again, with same thing with Cheryl Hines, who played Sandy. She was Kristen Bell's mom. I, you know, there was a scene with her and Wanda Skies, who I love Wanda Skies, by the way. She plays Dr. Carl. And. She was telling her to to ask for forgiveness. Why? This lady had no boundaries whatsoever. I didn't get it. I, to me, again, unrealistic. I did not care. And it was just over the top of Marcus trying to push the top. And I wanted to, it literally cringed my soul. I couldn't sit there. I just... I couldn't. I, I'll tell you this: the only, the only real character that I actually the, like, there's only two characters that I really cared about, and it was Susan Saradone. I mean, she had a few good scenes, a few good scenes. Mm-hmm. Other than that, again, over the top. And I love this actress. I love this actress. Yeah, she's a phenomenal actress. But I, I feel like she really just, she was having too much. I feel like she was having too much fun with it. And I mean, I don't blame her. And it was a bad script, so. How about it? 
I mean, again, I, this is just a very horribly written, written um, movie. Not funny. Like, like Ruth, who plays um, who plays um, the character the character of Ruth, which is uh, Mila Kunis's mother in the movie, mm-hmm. forgets forgets Amy's boyfriend like a lot, and he's with him all the time. I think it was supposed to be like, comedically racist, which I'm like, that's that not funny. <laughs> really stupid. Like, are you dumb? Like, he said Jesse 30 times. He doesn't have an accent. Yeah, and she calls him, like, Jose. I'm like, is this supposed to be funny that you're being racist? And, like, I, I look, I'm not one who's, like, you know, uh, easily offended by things like that. But I'm just like, what? This is just dumb. Like, I, and you're right. It's just completely unrealistic is definitely the word to describe it there's no realism here but it's not even like look if you're gonna make something unrealistic go super over the top like go ultra over the top but they didn't it's just like unrealistic characters what exactly it's just yeah it's and the children look there was only one little girl i liked and i think her name is uh laurie Ariana Greenblatt, and it was just a scene, and it's in the trailer. Unfortunately, it's the scene where Mila Kunis was heard having sex with the girl's dad, and that—that's the funniest scene in the whole entire movie to me. And yeah. the little girl, she's just, she did great, you know. She did in that scene, I—I I don't, yeah. yeah. Um, oh. she overdid it, of course, because the script was like, oh my gosh, a little kid cursing. That's that's gonna be, be hilarious. Uh, um. <laughs> Really freaking stupid, and the fact that the father didn't say anything to her after the fact that he heard yeah. it like two times concerns me. But that's besides the point. <laughs> um, that's besides the point. But the children, especially Mila Kunis's kids, drive me up the wall. Like mm-hmm. they really piss me off. Because there's a scene where Mila Kunis is mad at her mom or whatever, and then the kids are just like, "Oh my gosh, you're ruining our lives! Like I can't believe like you did this to grandma, and then you did it like you did it to dad first, and then you did it to grandma." I'm like, "Did they not watch oh, the first movie?" I'm like, "Did you? Did you? Did, like what? <laughs> it wasn't your mom's decision to kick your dad out. Your dad cheated on your mom. Blame your dad. Like what do you mean?" Your mom's at least trying, and she's doing everything that she can. Like, yeah. what the hell? And then, have you not seen the way your grandmother treats your mother? Uh, I was so agitated. I was so agitated. Yeah. I was just like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal, and I, I wanted to just, I wanted to just lock the kids in a room because I, I couldn't. I, God, I couldn't deal. And then there was like a whole montage of her. I ruined Christmas. I was like, oh my gosh, stop! I just, I didn't care, and the kids, I didn't care. I feel like they got worse in this movie. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I really I really did not like this movie, bro. Like this is <laughs> this movie annoyed me. It made me cringe my soul. I have to really think about this movie being one of the top one of the worst movies of the decade. Um Jeez. we're getting close. We're getting close. Yeah. I look, it's a, it's a bad movie. There's no getting around it. I don't think it's like that that bad. It's not It's that, that bad. But man, you, it's definitely one of the worst comedies in the last like ten years. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. It's that bad. It's one of the worst of the year. It's definitely I agree with that. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely uh, one of the worst of the year. It's, it's just it's, there's no good. it takes the problems that I had with the first one and makes them worse. Except they're on different, like, the, it's different characters with the problems. The the grandmas are unrealistic, 
and you don't feel invested in any of their individual storylines. And that's that's it. Uh, Look, man, if you had to ask me to watch Transformers over, and I'm talking about the fifth one, mind you, um, the fifth one, or A Bad Mom's Christmas, I have to go with Transformers. Jeez. I'm going to have to go with Transformers. And a lot of people are going to say, dude, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I'm serious. Okay. You got Mark Ruffle. You got Mark uh, Wahlberg there. Okay. And he's, he's good. He's good as, he's as good. Like he, he's trying his best. I would choose that any day over a bad mom's Christmas. I can't, man. Okay. I, just, I can't. There's one thing I do want to ask you about. One thing that I forgot to mention in positives that I do kind of, Look, it wasn't the best, but it's me, like, finding some positives in this movie. And Justin Hartley, who plays, uh, if you don't know, he's plays Kevin on This Is Us. And he is in this movie, and he is a male stripper who had, he's basically a love interest for, uh, what's, Catherine Hahn. Didn't care for it. Really? Okay. See, I actually oh. thought that part was, it wasn't as funny as they thought it was, but I actually thought their relationship was kind of funny. Uh, it, no. it, it, again, no. it wasn't like, um, it, I, I'm not saying it was amazing, but I actually kind of liked that part. But again, this is just me reaching for positives here. I, yeah. you know, I really wanted to because he plays Kevin, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, like, I really like you as Kevin, you know? Yeah. And Kevin's not doing so hot right now. Let's be honest. For those of you who are caught up with This Is Us, unfortunately. I haven't watched the latest episode um, yet. Um, you're going to see. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, it's not even, and the thing is, I actually just got done watching This Is Us, and then I went to go see the movie, you know what I'm saying? So I was just kind of, I was like, where's Sophie? I'm just playing. But, um. <laughs> Uh no, I just I didn't I I didn't care for it. All I right, really didn't. let's just rate this movie. <laughs> um, Ozzy, I am very scared for what you have for this movie. But what do you got? If I can give this movie a negative six, I would. No, you cannot. But <laughs> but if I could, um, I'm probably gonna give it a zero. Jeez. Point one. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about over the top sometimes with your ratings i i just don't yeah I, all right okay. fine no fine, you're good fine. You just give no, it what no, you no, want no. screw it screw it i'll give it i'll give it a 0.9 there don't <laughs> let me go any that's just me that's me being nice no dude it's just, i've never wanted to get up and walk out of a movie you know what i'm saying okay like i've i've gone on my phone in the movie like when, when it's really bad and i've still paid attention because i still hear what's going on i just don't care to see what's going on i've still um I've still watched the movie full through. I've almost I've fallen asleep in movies and waking up. I've done it all, but I've never really I've never I've never gotten the urge to walk out of a movie multiple times. And this movie did that for me. It did. So it's gonna get a zero somewhere. Yeah, it's gonna get a zero point. It's gonna get a zero point nine. I'm not giving it a one. I'm giving it a two point five. It's a it's a terrible movie, but. Uh, I think that there are some things in there that kind of even it out, but I guess we disagree on that. All right. That's all we're, we're, we're done talking about bad moms. It, it, it wasn't good. Watch the first one and then that's it. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to talk in depth on Thor Ragnarok. So this is your spoiler warning for this. If you have not seen Thor Ragnarok, you should go out and see it immediately and then come back and listen to this after you listen to our regular review, of course. 
And yeah. But also, if you haven't seen it, but you have watched the latest episode of Rebels, make sure you just skip ahead to <laughs> Rebels. What? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I was on Snapchat today, side note. Okay. And <laughs> there was someone who put Random that Geostorm was, Geostorm was so good. <laughs> you should unfriend them. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yo, honestly, I might. I was like, did we watch the same movie? <laughs> But I just had to tell you. Okay. I wanted. To, I, I just. I wanted to tell you. It was. It made my day. It's okay. A bit. We get this now. Tell. This is our buffer in between <laughs> Bad Moms and um, Thor Ragnarok spoilers. So if you haven't seen it again, this is your spoiler warning. Final spoiler warning. You've been warned. Get out of here. All right. So now we're going to talk about Thor Ragnarok in depth. And Ozzy, what? Uh, I don't know. What was your favorite part of Thor Ragnarok? Dude, I I loved it when uh when Hala just wrecked shop, bro. I loved it. I loved it when when she first really appeared, blew me out of the water with her performance, and just seeing and also you know really seeing the reveal of, you know that that Odin has another child. Mm-hmm. I loved it, and I love seeing Thor's reaction, and I love seeing Loki's reaction. They're just like, wait, what? There's another one? Like, what do you mean? And I I love that scene where he gives it a reveal. Yeah, but um, I just, I just love how even Odin was just like, "This is, she's very powerful. And you're gonna have to try to figure this out right now." I really love that scene. I think Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins is as great as Odin, and I, I love this movie. Well, yeah, duh, yeah. but uh, you're the, talking about a action scene, like in a movie where most people are talking about the comedy. You're right to bring up an action scene first, and I would even go to like the first action scene where Thor is just actually absolutely destroying people with his hammer. Like it was awesome. I love the way it's shot. There was that camera, like how they had the camera follow the hammer around him, and that was just a really cool shot. I loved it. And then you're right, the action scene with Hela. It's just you're right. The action in this movie was just really overall just amazing so i i love that aspect of it uh, one thing i do want to talk about is how impressive it is that in a thor movie loki didn't steal the show because he's done that in basically every loki every time loki's in a movie he steals the show and that's not the case here and that's because they gave thor so much personality and really leaned into his humor which i loved um can we talk about Korg though? I <laughs> when... Dude, Korg was amazing. <laughs> I loved him. I, I tried I to start a revolution. I didn't print enough pamphlets. What? <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, it was just great. Yeah, and... revolution and make the pamphlets. <laughs> I want to with my mom. Hurt and I don't like her boyfriend. I was dying. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it, that was great. And, again, as soon as the movie starts, I said this in our regular review, too, but as soon as the movie starts, you know exactly how it's going to be. And, like, there's that second where you're like, are they going to break the fourth wall in this movie? But then they show the skeleton, and it's like, okay. Um, man, it's just him talking like that. I was like, oh, man, I, I wonder if we're going to go back to this. And we didn't, but it was still, like, it was great. And I loved it. when he, I, loved, I just love Thor when he was trying to talk to um, his father's old enemy. His father's nemesis, basically. Yeah. And 
you know, he's trying to ex- explain everything to him, and then Thor would just circle around yeah. in his in the chain. <laughs> give me a second. Just, just give me a second. I'm not doing this on purpose. <laughs> I'm really not even trying, guys. <laughs> All right, explain it to me again. <laughs> it yeah. was great. Um, had a lot of great moments in that yeah. movie. It was amazing. And, uh, I think the performances were, again, amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the negatives that I did talk about was how the movie kind of split off into two different storylines. Let's talk a little bit, because uh, obviously the Thor and Hulk stuff is great. I mean, even though we kind of saw Thor's or Hulk's butt, which I was not prepared for. That was weird. Um, and we had a mental image of other things on Hulk. But <laughs> other than that, the Hulk and Thor stuff was amazing. So it's the best part of the movie, the best aspect of the movie. But what did you think of the Hela storyline? Because that wasn't necessarily my favorite. I thought it was a little slow. And honestly, like the exposition scene really frustrated me where she's like explaining things to that henchman who kind of has an unearned arc in my opinion, but she's just explaining things to him and it's like, okay, so you're just explaining this to the audience so that we know like, and it's like showing it through the paintings. I was just like, ah, whatever. It was not my favorite part of the movie, but what about you? Like like I said, dude, I I loved Hela as a villain. I thought she was a very amazing villain. I loved it. Um, again, I just wish that they would have given her more, uh, you know, I wish we would have had like an opening scene with her and Odin, like I, like I said in our regular review, you know, we got, we got a review, you know, in Thor the Dark World, I, I like what the director did and we got a scene with the Dark Elves and everything. I mean, the, the Dark Elves are, are arguably one of the worst villains in the MCU, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'll say that, but at least we had an opening sequence with them as to why they were doing what they were doing, right? But for this film, we we didn't get that. All we knew was just that she was Odin's firstborn, and Odin basically locked her away because she couldn't control her power. So I just wish we would go. I just wish we would have gotten more of of her character and as to why she is the way she is. I loved her character. Absolutely loved it. I just wish we would have gotten more from her. Yeah. Uh, and and the what they did give us was in that ex- really kind of annoying exposition scene. So it's you're right. It's just that that's the underdevelopment of her character, and that's definitely still an issue for this movie. And I'm not, I'm not gonna say that 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 necessarily that scene pissed me off. You know, I mean, we got we I mean, we knew why she is the way she is. Again, I just wish we would have they would have shown it. Yeah, know? exactly. I feel like. I mean, we get movies that are two hours and a half all the time. I don't, I don't feel like I feel like a two hour and twenty minute movie wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Yeah, uh, a flashback scene would not have hurt in that aspect. Uh, let's talk about the another storyline. I wish I would have gotten more of was the Valkyrie scene because we get a little bit of her going in with the other Valkyrie, and it's just a beautiful scene. It's absolutely gorgeous, but it's there's no dialogue in it. We don't really, we get that one scene and that's it. And it's just like, oh man, I want more of that because it looked awesome. And Valkyrie is a character who like, I didn't like her at first because she is really a little too over the top with her drunkenness or whatever, where she like tips over. I'm just like, it wasn't as funny as I think they wanted it to be, in my opinion, at least. Um, but I warmed up to her and I was like, okay, I want to see more of that. And we get that one scene and it's just like a taste, but then we don't get enough. And especially considering 
that she has this huge thing where, or this big er thing where she's talking about how she's the last Valkyrie or whatever, and the only reason she survived was because, and then she stops. And then we get that flashback scene, and it doesn't really tell us what was the only reason she survived. I guess it was because one of the other Valkyries sacrificed themselves. But again, I'm kind of guessing there because we don't really get shown that. So why even bring it up early in the movie if you're not going to explore that aspect of your character? It feels like there was an extra scene there that got cut, for me at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they were too scared to go dramatic in this movie. I mean, that's one of my negatives. I mean, I feel like it's, I mean, I feel, I feel like if they would have balanced it out, it could have worked out. And I mean, it was a great shot scene. I mean, I'll give you that. I mean, it was a beautiful scene. It looked like, I mean, it was one of the best shot scenes we've ever got in an MCU movie, honestly. Yeah. But I mean, again, I don't think adding more time to this movie would have hurt it at all. Yeah. Everybody was having a phenomenal time. Okay. Um, you know, I went to two different theaters to go see this movie twice. I went to the AMC 20, which they just built. I think it's AMC 20 or AMC man. I don't know what it is, but it's an AMC movie theater. They just built one in Pembroke Pines. I went there to go see it. I saw them Dolby IMAX. When you, if you have a chance to go see it in IMAX theater, check it out. It is amazing. Um, saw it there, enjoyed it. I saw it again at, at, at Regal. Again, I love Regal. Enjoyed it there just as much. I mean, it, I mean, this is just. I don't feel. And every time I went, everybody was just having a great time. So I don't. I. I just. I don't feel like adding another twenty minutes to the movie would have hurt it at all. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I do want to apologize for the audio quality right now. I don't know. Skype is like betraying us, and there's like this background noise with Ozzy, and I'm. I apologize, but not much I can do about it. I don't know what's going on, so it'll be fixed for next time. But continuing on with our Thor discussion, oh man, I I really, really, I just had so much fun with this movie. I, it, there's so many of the side characters that you just really get attached to. Um, but one character that I do want to talk about, and I'm curious about your opinion on, is, uh, what's his name? The, the guy who is running the... Uh, he he's doing Heimdall's job at first. I can't remember his name. He 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 starts working with Hella. Do you remember his name? Let me let me pull up the cast list. Cause I know Carl Urban plays him. Yeah, I think he does. I think he does a great job too. Honestly. Okay. Uh, See, so yeah, because that's a character I do want to talk about because I have really mixed emotions on him. I liked him at first, and then I feel like they kind of just rushed through his arc at the end, where we get. Like this huge, this moment where he kind of like pulls the pulls those guns out he that plays he plays scourge, scourge, and he he his guns out that he calls destroy or whatever, and then he jumps yeah. off and he starts like fighting back, right? And I feel like that moment kind of just really comes out of nowhere because he doesn't really show those qualities throughout the whole movie, and I know they kind of hint at it, but it didn't fully work for me. But I'm curious to see if it worked for you. Uh, it sounds like it did a little bit more for you though. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you see kids being threatened to die, you know, I would hope that people have a heart and <laughs> do something about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, for me, it kind of earned, it earned it and mm-hmm. it wasn't completely evil. Yeah. I feel like she gave him a purpose and everything, but, and, but I guess you realize, cause you know, there's, there's a line, you know, there's a line to be gone. There's a line at some point where you go, okay, this is, 
You know, there, there's never been a, a line crossed, especially in comics. I think there was like one comic where this villain tried to stop some other villain. They were like, okay, you cross the line. And it was because, you know, of the child, mm-hmm. you know? And I just don't think he was willing to do that. That's why he, I think he stepped in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Who actually won the fight, Hulk or Thor? Because it gets interrupted by um, the Grandmaster a couple times. But who actually won it? Thor. Yeah. I, I think Hulk probably at least would have. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess if the fight would have kept going, I, I honestly think Hulk probably would have won. But in that, like, if you just called it without... I think it would have been yeah interesting because we saw Thor basically unleash his power. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it turned into a really interesting fight, but I, you know, they made they made Hulk kind of goofy this this movie, so I just don't feel that we would have gotten the same, like the same Hulk that we usually are used to get. Yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like I feel like if you put like an angrier Hulk in the situation, he would have won. But I mean, mm-hmm. again, um, in this terms of this movie, I feel like Thor won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, know. these two characters have fought in the past before. Yeah, and Hulk won. Hulk yeah. was wreck and shop before. Exactly. Avengers. <laughs> yeah, wreck and shop. Like, yeah, I oh, was man. like, damn. <laughs> that was. It was just. It was a really great fight scene, and especially. I mean, we knew it was coming, so it kind of had to live up to what we our hopes were for it. And I think they did a great job with that. And another thing with that planet or, or whatever, where. Uh, Loki got there, I guess, a couple weeks before uh, Thor did because of, like, weird time things and, you know, the plot. Um, So, he got there a couple weeks before, and I loved, I just want to say, I absolutely loved the fact that they both basically got there the same way, but Loki was able to talk himself into a high standing with the Grand Master, while Thor just ends up a prisoner. That was a perfect, perfect writing decision because that's exactly what would happen because Loki is so good at talking himself out of situations, using his abilities to get himself or to trick his way to the top, whereas Thor is not that at all. He just knows punch, 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 and it doesn't get the, you know, he kind of doesn't really I, I trick his way to the top. Head. Yeah, I love the dynamic of this movie. I think it's really great, and especially when uh, when Doctor Strange intervenes. I I love Doctor Strange. This movie, by the way, I think he did it for, for yes. the twelfth amount of time he was in. He was so great. Um, and when he keeps teleporting, I, and <laughs> yes, he's like, of course, it's like doing that. I'm just like, we can just watch. <laughs> but um, I loved it when Loki felt so threatened by by yeah. uh, Doctor. Oh, you think you're a sorcerer? Let them come on. And then I was just like, I'm not dealing with it right now. And he just wishes them away. I absolutely loved it. And again, I mean, I loved, loved the chemistry that these two had together. It was completely different. And they just had a ton of fun. And, I, and especially that scene that you brought up with the Grandmaster, where they were just like, and I, I love when they were both whispering to each other. Oh, my God, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum, 
Jeff Goldblum killed it. Yeah. I love He almost steals movie. the movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I one thing I, I do want to bring up is the for the marketing with this movie, they always showed that shot of Thor with like covered in lightning in his eyes or whatever. And we've come to find out that that scene in the trailers are all CGI'd, be, are all CGI'd over because his eye is showing in all the trailers. What did you think of the fact that they gave us that scene because they knew it was a cool shot, but they changed it just a little bit just to not give away Thor the fact that Thor loses an eye? Well, you know, there's a few things in the trailer that we didn't see. We didn't see that. We didn't see Hulk, Loki's, Valkyrie. And Thor all standing together waiting to beat the crap out of um, the crap out of uh, Hela. Yeah. It was just Thor, Bakure, and uh, Loki. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it was that with his eye. There was a, there was a ton of things. And, and if you notice, the coloring was different in the, sh- in the shots, too. Yeah. So it was different colors that they used. But um, interesting. Interesting. I wasn't like, um, I was actually pissed off when he lost his eye. I was like, no! <laughs> but, um, I was like, Carl, again. Do you think but, it's a little too on the nose with him becoming the new king and him losing an eye? I kind of felt that way a little bit. Yeah. I just I felt like he should have kept it. I felt like he should have kept it. And I felt like it would have been better to have him lose it against Thanos or something. Mm-hmm. Do you think like he's going to get his hammer back? No. No? Okay. I feel like he's going to get something else. But. Yeah, I, I agree. He'll get some other weapon. I don't know what, though. Uh, let's talk about the implications of this movie, then, because we have, and we'll do this pretty quickly, because <laughs> we still have the Rebels recap to go, so I don't want this to go too, too long, but they, we had a lot to talk about in this episode, so sorry. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the implications of this movie, because we have the... Asgard's destroyed, Asgard's gone, but Asgard is the people. So, number one, the question becomes, well, I do have a que- I do have a question before we get to the implications with Hela, because they repeatedly say that Hela's power comes from Asgard, but then we find out that Asgard is the people, not the place. But then their plan is to destroy the place, to get rid of Hela's powers. But then they also say that Thor gets his powers... When they said Hela gets her powers from Asgard, uh, Odin said he she gets her powers same as you from Asgard. So then Thor's powers are also from Asgard. Yeah, so, but it's, 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 I'm going to say it's like metaphorical. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It doesn't matter where it is. I feel, I feel like, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, you're still going to be able to do whatever. So like, you know, the land, my question is... Enchanted or something. Yeah. My question is, does that do you think that there is a chance that we get more Hella? Yes. I agree. I hope to God. I hope to God that, that we get more of her. I really do. Really would do. Because she is the goddess of death, and I think they're substituting that for death, because in the comics Thanos is in love with death. That's He's a good point, yes. So I hope that that's her. I really do. Because it's going to be awesome to see Kate Blanchett and Josh Brolin wrecking shop. Yeah. I would love it. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Wow. I think, I think, I think she is, you know, she's the goddess of death, obviously, but I think, you know, I think it's going to be great if we get more of her. I, I, I'm tired of Marvel kind of, you know, killing off some great villains. I mean, they killed off 
Ultron. Ultron, I think James Spider did a great job as Ultron, but you know, we just didn't get enough backstory with Ultron. And I feel like we would we should have gotten more of that, but I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we could have gotten him more things. Yeah. And that, that would have been great. And I hope they didn't do that with um I hope they didn't do that with her with her character. She she's Kate Blanchett is phenomenal. If and if they have a chance to use her again, um I, I would do it again. I mean, this is the first uh, female villain, yeah, and I feel like she outshined, outshined many villains in the MCU. So I feel like they need to give her a shot at, at doing something as well. I mean, she did a phenomenal job with this character. I, I absolutely, I was a huge fan of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to ask about the. Okay, so Loki, I think clearly gets the he grabs the Tesseract or whatever, right? So. And I believe that's Thanos. That's a Thanos ship at the end, right? That approaches them. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. So, is is that? Do you think that's right where we pick off or pick up with Infinity War? Do you think that's a possibility? It's a possibility where Thanos kind of gets a Tesseract. And what do you think? I'm curious how Loki responds to that. Does he go back with Thanos? Does I don't think Thanos will trust him, so he might just end up. I, I don't know, but I, I'm curious. I don't, I don't know. I'm very curious how this all turns out, especially like if that really is Thanos. Then are we in a situation where the Avengers are trying to rescue Thor, but or does Thor escape? Like I, I don't know. What do you think? Where do you think we're going with this Thanos storyline now that we basically we don't have any more wiggle room? Like we're getting right into the Thanos stuff, except for Black um. Panther. I mean, look, I mean, you, I feel like Loki can pretty much talk his way into anything. That's but true. <laughs> I feel like to say, nah, like, I need you to prove yourself. So I feel like he's going to betray Thor. Um, he's going to cut very deep. But he is a survivor and he does whatever it takes to survive. Mm-hmm. So that is my theory. All right. Uh, and last thing I do want to talk about is the Infinity Stones, because I believe if my numbers are correct, we are still missing one Infinity Stone. We still have yet to see one of them. Where do you think it is? And do you think we get introduced to it in Black Panther? Or do you think it's a situation where Thanos already has it and it's just not an issue? Not something that we're going to discuss. Thanos already has it. You think Thanos, Thanos has, has it? it? Yeah, I mean, there's already an Infinity Stone in Earth. I don't feel like there needs to be two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel like I feel like they did a great job introducing him in Doctor Strange. I don't think that they already need to do that for Black Panther. I just I don't think they. So then, how do you think Black? Other than the fact that it's Black Panther and he's probably going to be in Infinity War, what? How do you think Black Panther is going to tie into the overall MCU? I mean, they're introducing Wakanda. Wakanda has you know Wakanda's metal basically provided Cap Shield. Mm-hmm. You know, but we have to do that and. It's going to tie into the MCU because when Thanos comes to Earth, it's not just, you know, Sokovia was its own thing. Mm-hmm. And then you had New York was its own condensed thing. You know, this, when you have an alien force with, with godlike powers wanting to get something that's even more powerful than himself, I mean, that is something that's going to affect, it's going to affect everybody in the entire world. So I feel like that is going to affect him. I feel like he's going to be a great asset to the Avengers on the time comes. I mean, you're going to have to use him. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I guess that wraps up our discussion on Thor Ragnarok. Um, Ozzy, do you have any final thoughts on Thor Ragnarok before we throw it over to myself and Jesse for Star Wars Rebels? This was a great movie, and you guys watch it. <laughs> exactly. Check it out. I echo those sentiments. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for the first part of the Screenfellows podcast. We're going to be throwing it over to myself and Jesse for about 15 minutes or so for Star Wars Rebels. Stay tuned. back with another episode of rebels recap with two more episodes to talk about this week i'm again i'm really liking this uh, whole two episodes a week thing right now we're just getting a lot more into it a lot more um a lot more content just coming at us every week so it, it just feels a lot more filling i think yeah and when we get episodes that are like just themselves <laughs> or just not that you know they're okay it doesn't feel like as disappointing because we have another one, you know? A prime example is this week. Exactly. The first episode I was a big fan of. Yes. Uh, really, really good. The second episode, not so much to say about. It was fine. Yeah, it Whatever. wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily filler, but it was nothing integral to the story, I don't think. Besides a few little plot points that will hit. Yeah. But uh, episode one, uh, we have them immediately jumping in to steal the hyperdrive that they hid last week when they crashed the Defender. Uh, that would be Ezra, Sub, uh, Ezra, Zuko, and um, uh, what's his name? Zeb. Zeb. Thank you. Oh, goodness. Blanking on names. It's one of those days. It has been one of those days. Anyway, uh, yeah, they, uh, they go back to find the uh, hyperdrive, and Thrawn doesn't trust Governor Price to track them down, so he sends in some special help in the form of his assassin, Rook. Now, in Legends, Rook was a um, bodyguard of Thrawn. Uh, he rarely left Thrawn's side. Obviously, that is not the case now, because we this is the first time we've seen Rook. And I love him already. <laughs> he is competent, smart, and his he fought all three of them at once and one. Uh, so he's just, it's good. To, this whole episode, it was just nice to see some competence on the side of the empire for the most part. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Thrawn to impress me. Like I'm still waiting for like him to just flat out annihilate everybody with his mind. I but, know. That's but, what should be happening. But I really did like Rook. Um, it was a good addition as someone who's not familiar with the character. I was impressed by him. I liked him. Yeah. Uh, and see, I still agree with you on, like, I'm waiting for Thrawn to show up in this show. <laughs> because he, he's shown up in canon already. He he has blown people out of the water with his intellect alone in canon. Mm -hmm. But we just have yet to see it here where most people are going to be familiar with him Yeah. Uh, in the canon. So it's just... 
I don't know, it's kind of falling flat on its face right now. But it was really nice to see Thrawn's contempt for Governor Price. <laughs> I want her to die so much because she's so annoying, so full of herself. And uh, it, her backstory alone just made me hate her anyway. But still, it's just, yeah. Anyway, they uh, everybody's running from... The Empire Rook put a tracking device on Ezra's speeder bike, so he tracks them back to where all the uh, Lothal rebels are hiding. So then Governor Price and Rook show up with stormtroopers and tanks, even though Rook said that he could have taken them on his own, and I highly, I think he could have. Uh, I have no doubt that he could have taken them all out on his own. But uh, anyway, everybody runs farther back into this like really tight-knit mountain formation, to uh, escape, uh, but they don't know where to go, so they're following these Loth wolves. So the uh, the Loth wolves are leading everybody at uh, Ezra's behest, and uh, everybody else is very does not trust them at all. But they uh, they it makes it clear later on that they are waiting for Kanan. We still don't understand that connection really, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Kanan does, when they say the word doom again, Kanan explains that that is indeed his name and that he, um, they do have a link to the Force deeper than any other animal they've encountered. And uh, in the meantime, Hera has escaped with the information for the TIE Defender back to the Rebel Command. So that's very, that's good. She's off planet. I was kind of thinking they that was a good separation for them so that they could uh, separate and then kill off everybody on Lothal and explain why Hera's still in Rogue One, but I don't think that's actually how it's going to work. But anyway. I hope that's, that's not going to be how <laughs> No, uh, because, I mean, in Episode 2, we hear that she is yeah. helping to lead an attack, mm-hmm. I guess, next week. Yeah, I don't know. Before okay, before we move on to the next episode, yeah, yeah, that's basically this episode, right? That's for the most basically. I, I mean, mean, I do want to kind of talk about the wolves teleporting thing because that's kind of weird to me. Yeah, we'll talk about that and one other little minor plot yeah. point. But you go ahead. Uh, well, what, before we kind of finish up this episode, I, I, I'm really confused. Okay, because we're really close to Rogue One, like really, yes. really, really close to Rogue One. And I don't feel like the rest of the show is, like, ready to be this close. Like, I don't feel like the story is connecting where it should be to Rogue One yet. And I guess at some points they are. They know about that there's some sort of weapon. But at the same time, like, I feel like we should be hearing, like, even if it's in the background, a little bit more about them trying to find out more about this. And then I'm confused. Okay, because in Rogue One, spoilers for Rogue One, I guess. In Rogue One, a huge point of that movie is they don't want to, like, they're not sure if they want to go to Scarif. It's Scarif, right? The, yeah. They don't want to go to Scarif because then they're basically openly declaring war on the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. So what are we doing right now? Like, well, I think that's a. They're about to go fly into a battle right now, right? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if it's they don't want in Rogue One if it's they don't want to openly declare war or if they've. We've seen this whole dance before where they have gone into battle, got their butts whooped, and ran home with their tail between yeah. their legs and don't want to go back into combat again. 
That might be what's about to happen again. They're about to run into battle, get their tail whooped. It better be what happens. And run back, and then Scarif is their first major victory. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm pretty sure that's how it's been addressed in some other canon material, is that Scarif was the first major victory. That's how it's addressed in the opening crawl of episode four, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like they, the, the rebels had been a little like a thorn in the side of the Empire, but nothing to really... Maybe I need drive to anything. maybe I need to rewatch Rogue One again. Uh, I don't know if I want to watch the first half of Rogue One right now, um, but I could have swore that 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 was like a huge deal. Was they didn't like it was them basically abandoning the diplomatic side of things. Maybe I don't and know. I, I, don't I know. could be wrong. I mean, they've they've Mon Mothma's still holding out hope. I think for sure. the diplomatic, but she knows that it's a failure. But anyway, let's talk about the wolves. The wolves, yeah. I mean, okay, you're confused about the teleportation, and I am too. And it's just where did the? I feel like this came out of nowhere. Like it, it's like we, they went into a hyperspace tunnel. Yeah, that's literally what it looked like. Yeah, and I don't know. And we never saw any Ezra. We only saw Ezra's eyes in that. We saw mm-hmm. the blue light reflecting in Ezra's eyes, and it didn't cut away to anybody else's. No. That's what I was waiting on to see if anybody else saw it, mm-hmm. or they were just going to pass out and wake up. Yeah, and they just passed out and wake, woke up. And no explanation. Don't know if we'll get one. Mm-hmm. It might just be um, an explanation of the force. Yeah. But that seems really lazy. Like, <laughs> at least give us something. Like I don't care if they magically tra- teleported. Just yeah. give me some explanation as to why. I think they keep going back to the wolves. And I think I, <clears throat> we're not done with the wolves. So hopefully no. we're going to get some of that. Because I'm just right now, it's just weird to me. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they said Kanan said that they the wolves, ha, specifically the white wolf, has some big role to play yeah. in this still, yeah. and we just don't know what that is yet. Uh, that's all I have for this episode. Do you have anything else? Uh, I just had the uh, Hera and Kanan finally kissed. Yes. So that was Kanan's uh, gonna die. Yeah, it's Kanan, over. Kanan's gonna <laughs> die. It's over. Everybody else, like they all, like kind of saw it and then we're like okay yeah finally duh yeah. Uh, now Hera's sign off right after that though she like as soon as she, they pulled off, pulled away she just said may the force be with you and slammed the door in his face so I was like yeah that's that's kind of funny <laughs> but anyway that's all I had for that episode it was really good it was a good episode a lot happens uh, but still a lot of questions to be answered and a lot of Rook still to see hopefully yes. Um, so the then next one. the next episode, uh, basically we're cutting back and forth between Hera and the rest of the team on Lothal. The team on Lothal basically goes on to this one mining guild ship to rescue, not to rescue slaves, but they rescue slaves, uh, fight off a few Imperial troops, and then transmit to Hera to make sure that she got there all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the whole point of that. It was just really prolonged. <laughs> yeah. the This episode, I felt like this was one of the ones where they were trying a little bit too hard to be funny. It didn't really work for me. No. Especially, I don't like Visago <laughs> as a character. and He really annoyed me in this episode. And then... Also, I think you mentioned it when we were watching the episode, the the scene where like the the pilot of that ship with the slaves on it or whatever that they were on, right? Like he kept, they kept covering his mouth so he wouldn't yell while they were trying to pretend that they were just that, or Ezra was trying to pretend that he was him, right? And he kept like being able to move, and it's like Zeb was holding him, 
Like, yeah. how is... It's just... It's this little tiny guy that keeps yeah. escaping Zeb, but then the next scene, Zeb is fighting this giant Trandoshan <laughs> and wins. Like, that fight was really cool. Yeah. That was about... The, the best. best part of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean... Anyway, and I kept saying, just kill him. He's yeah. an Imperial agent. We know that the that the Empire owns the Mining Guild. Just kill him. And then he died in this really dramatic way of falling into this crusher thing that was supposed to be like, ooh, ooh, ooh but I didn't care. Uh, I just, I don't know. I felt like that whole sequence with him, like, escaping Zeb, and, uh, like, it was just played up for comedy, even though it didn't make any sense whatsoever. So yeah, that was, just kind of felt like the whole episode to me. It was... I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was just dumb. But then uh, the part of the episode that really mattered, I yes, guess, was story. it was Hera on Yavin Four explaining to Rebel Command as to why why the Tide Defender is dangerous, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't see any weaknesses in this thing." Okay, but the, here, okay, here's my point with the whole Rogue One comparison. Yeah, that scene felt very, very much like a scene that. Or something that's going to happen in, what, a matter of, what do you want to say, weeks, months? A few with, months, probably, yeah. With freaking... With, with Jen. With Jen Urso. Yeah. Saying, it's the exact same so, speech. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Because basically, they all say, well, we don't have the resources to, do the, to have a fight right now. And she says, oh, but hope. It's, hope is what rebellions are built upon. And then they go, <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay, let's go. You know, and, you know, that's fine. It worked in Rogue One for the most part, whatever. But <laughs> I know I sound like I hate Rogue One. I don't. I think it's a good movie. But it worked there. But why are we doing the same thing? I mean, and to be fair, it wasn't the same thing. I don't think she used the word hope. No, but, that was me. That was But it was the same concept. It was. She gave a very similar speech. And then just, all of a sudden, everybody's just like, okay, let's go. Come on. And it was just like, is that all it takes for the Rebels? Somebody gives an inspiring speech, and now whatever you want to do is all right. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, and it's not even <clears throat> just that. It's, again, I feel like it's just redundant. Like, mm-hmm. we, this is, that's what I was saying before. Like, I feel like this is a conversation we, are ha- we have in Rogue One. So why are we having this same conversation and basically the same thing where they go off to their first major battle or whatever? It just feels like the same thing. It feels like we're doing Rogue One before Rogue One actually happens, which is weird that we're being redundant technically before in the timeline, but Star Wars, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. That just happens. Whatever. It's... I don't know. It it is what it is. Uh, Let us know what you think, because I... I don't know. I felt like it was redundant. I I do, too. And that was my thought when I was watching it, but, you know, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I, the I don't first episode know. was good. I, I really want to stress that. Like this. It was really good. This one wasn't bad. It was yeah. just like, what? Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. But anyway, I think next week is the last week before they take a break mm-hmm. until January. So everything's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next week, it's all going to go down. We're going to see, um, I think they're going to kill Zeb. Ooh, good prediction. Yeah, let's do let's do let's do some predictions real quick. I know we're going we're going a little long, but uh, I just want let's I'm, I think they're going to kill Zeb, and we're finally going to see uh, Rook is going to kill Zeb, and then we're finally going to see Thrawn like make everybody crap their pants. See, I don't know. We didn't build up to. I don't know if we built up to Zeb's death. I know that's why I want it. Mm. That's why I'm calling it next week. Oh, kill man. Zeb. 
I, I want to say Kanan, but then I feel like they, they put too much into Kanan's storyline right now to kill him off before we get answers. Unless we get answers in the first episode next week, and then death in the second episode. So I'm going uh, team hashtag kill Zeb crap pants, <laughs> because Zeb and Thrawn is going to happen. I'll just say Kanan? Hashtag Kanan question mark for Carlos. <laughs> All right. Let us know what you think is going to happen next week. And uh, if you haven't, we have any predictions come in at uh, my Twitter or the Screenfellas Twitter, then uh, we'll talk about them next week. How about that? Who's right? Who's wrong? Yeah. uh, You can find me on Twitter at Colonel Swink. And then also us at Screenfellas on Twitter. So just send send your predictions for next week's uh, mid-season finale. And uh, we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. And I will just sign us off now. Thank you, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Screenfellas podcast, and in particular, this Rebels recap. Uh, this has been a very, very long episode, and I apologize for that. But it is what it is. We had a lot to talk about. There was a lot. So... Thank you for joining us, and again, you can find me on Twitter at Cherry456 and on Instagram at Cherry456. It's basically everywhere at that. And then, of course, Screenfellas all over social media. It's all at Screenfellas, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the YouTube channel. Check that out. And our website, Screenfellas.com. We got great reviews on there. You can... Oh. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> I had a little technical difficulty there. You can find Ozzy on Twitter at Castro. Ozzy, tweet at him, annoy him until he responds to you because he needs to get on Twitter more. Thank you for joining us. This is Screen Focus.